This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Erica Troutman. And disappointed with digital video's inability to rise to its potential, she started her company, Wrapped Media. She's worked to build a business positioned at the top of the emerging video technologies, providing interactive solutions to enterprise companies. She solidified an A-list customer portfolio, including companies like PwC, Samsung, Accenture, and Vodafone. Erica, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. Okay, video is obviously hot, hot stuff right now. What does Wrapped Media do and what's your business model? How do you make money? Sure. So Wrapped Media is an interactive technology we sell to large companies like those that you named. They use the platform to take their videos and turn them into responsive experiences. So what we mean by that is in the same way that when you're clicking around on a website or in an app, when you click, you can change what happens. You can find what's relevant to you. We're bringing those functionalities into video. So that create that's like branching, overlays, uh, scenario-based training, all, all those functionalities we take for granted with the internet, we bring that to video. And what that does is it allows you to take what used to be a one-way form of communication, you know, I, I tell you something through video, you set, sit back and you receive it, into much more of a conversation. And that makes video way more effective for things like uh, customer support, learning and development, training. It drives behaviors um, and it, it benefits our customers. So what we do is we sell access to the technology. Um, it's a SaaS solution. Our customers use an authoring interface um, to create these interactive experiences, which they can then distribute. And then there's an analytics portion. Because the other thing that happens when you interact with content is there's this massive data exhaust. And that data exhaust can tell you a whole lot more about where your viewers are and whether or not you're actually generating an ROI with your video than with you know your standard video analytics, which are typically like play, pause, viewing time, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I imagine so. I mean, you have on your website people management, customer experience, like product tutorials. So, like, is this a video that a new company might use you guys to create their their onboarding video, and it, it plays ten seconds and then says, "If you're ready to go to the next step, click here on the screen," and then you like click a button in the video to take it to a new experience. Is is that how the actual interface works? Yeah, yeah. So, or they may want to ask you questions. So they may, you know, if it's the kind of let's say you're onboarding with a new product that you're going to use differently depending on who you are. Um, so it, so in the same way that if you're in a store talking to someone, they're like, well, you know, how do you use your phone? Do you, you know, what's most important to you, the camera or like, do you want to, whatever, I don't know. Um, you, you can ask those questions in the video and the video can be responsive. So you, yeah. So it, it can be used creatively or very much just like a pragmatic menu structure to help you get to what matters faster. And is this, so what is the technology? Is it flash or like what allows you to do this kind of embedded in interaction inside of a video file? Yeah. So it's HTML5. Uh, so the way that our technology works is we have an interactive engine that, that 
So there's all of the typical components of video, right? There's the content delivery network, the transcoding, got to get the video content mirrored around globally. But then you have to have an interactive engine that tells the player when to load which assets. And that's there's some hard logic there. Um, but then what we've also done is created an authoring interface that makes it really easy for, for anyone, really, to build to build an interactive uh, experience. And then the, then the interactive engine translates that for the player. Okay. And now you mentioned that this was a SaaS product. So what are people, well, you know, people are obviously paying monthly for this. Uh, what are the kind of levers you use to get people to pay more or less? Usage and usage can be defined by, um, the number of authors, the number of employees, the number of views. Um, we tend to just encourage everyone to use all of the functionalities. We, we suggest, you know, you should be using the analytics. You should be using the API. You should have access to everything. So we don't like to throttle price based on features. We think that um, our customers derive the most value by having access to all the features. And what will, hop, what will happen typically for us is that, you know, a company like PwC will come in with maybe a relatively narrow use case. Like maybe it'll be like, oh, our corporate communication department wants to use this for some kind of internal, you know, CEO talking to employees. And it'll start out with a small, fairly limited um, contract. And then we'll pretty quickly see that expand through either different business divisions or the number of seats will go up. So we'll typically see those contracts expand. Mm -hmm. And what is the, what's the average kind of new customer starting at, you know, before they really ramp up all their usage? In terms of price? In terms of price. Yeah. About $20,000 a year is ASP. Got it. And what is, if you had to pick the number one usage driver of expansion revenue, what is it? Number of, you know, authors added more videos added. Like what is that one utility metric? That's an interesting question. Um, I think it's a combination of, so the two metrics that will happen is that, um, the number of employees needing access to, to view the videos will increase, but that's often driven by the success in a given business department. And then the other business departments come to us and want it as well. So it's, it, it's often by expansion within business departments, but the net result is that a lot more employees or a lot more um, consumers are viewing the content. Got so seat expansion is one of your big, is your big driver. Okay. And, and what's your team size at today? Uh, we're under 20. Okay. And the reason, so, the reason I asked that is this is a, uh, that's a, that's a, that is an ACV large enough where you can afford to put touch on sales and expansion revenue. So of your team, how many are dedicated to sales? Uh, let's see about a, God, how many here? Five, five, five or yeah. About mm-hmm. 25%. Okay. So five mm-hmm. sales folks. And, and are they, are they focused Broadly on? Def- <laughs> broadly defined. Very good. Yeah. Well, hey, we're a startup. Everything's broadly defined, right? That's right. So five sales reps, are they are they mainly focused on driving expansion revenue on current customers or on closing new deals? That's a really good question. And that's been really critical for us to get to a sustainable growth model because early on, say in 2015, it was early on, you just acquire customers. Acquire, what was year one, acquire. by the way? Year one for us, was first customer was in 2012. But we were, so that was super, super early. I think we were earlier in the market than, than we realized. Uh, 2015 was when we really started to see expansion of our customer base and we started to scale up sales and we just sold a whole bunch. Um, and what we found, we, we amassed enough customers where we could do meaningful cohort analysis. It's hard to do cohort analysis on like two customers. Exactly. Right. This one versus this one. So we had enough where we could start to do cohort analysis. Um, and what we found was that we had you know, half of our customers in 2015 were highly likely to churn. Half 
were highly valuable and highly likely to recur. And fortunately, there were there were clear indicators. It was use case and industry related. So now um, I would say our sales team splits their time 50-50 between expanding, making sure we're nurturing that renew that renewable customer base. Of that customer base that we identified in 2015, we've retained 94, 95% of it. What, what, um, do you mind sharing what was that sample size in 2015? How many total customers that did you analyze? Uh, let's see. There were 17. Rec- so there were about 34 in 2015. And about half of those were, uh, we determined were in the sweet High churn spot. and yeah. 50% load. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So focus on those guys. And now today, I would say it's about 50-50. Obviously, the easiest revenue is expansion revenue and renewal revenue. That's way easier than new customers, but you got to add the new customers if you want to grow. That's right. What do you have today in terms of customers? Um, so that's actually a, a slightly tricky question for us because we've moved into a reseller model and we have some uh, we have customers that are expanding pretty broadly with the reseller. So I actually don't have that exact number at my fingertips today. Which what do is you a good like? Yeah, that's a good thing. What do you like measuring though? So like when you have resellers, it does kind of muddy the waters in terms of how you're growing, right? Because I imagine there's a different deal there. You're probably paying the reseller some margin. So your margins go down a little bit because they're bringing in the customer. And so what do you care about? Are you measuring number of resellers using your platform or do you care about the end businesses using your platform? What's top of mind? We can I mean, both, both of those are, are critical. Um, but it takes about a year for us to then understand the, how the resellers are doing. So for example, we have one customer who bundles our technology in and sells it to fortune 500s. And, and the downside is that we don't know necessarily what revenue we're going to get until they just raise their hands and say, Hey, good quarter. Here's your invoice or here's the invoice you should submit. And then we don't know again until next year, whether they're going to renew, but we have enough partners that are in place now where we're seeing the renewal rates that we saw with our direct customers holding true for the resellers. Um, so that's that's been good. And actually our margins um, are good with our resellers as well. We we invest in getting them ramped and we're outsourcing some of the customer support and, and the customer acquisition. So the average dollar to us goes down, but the margin on serving the tech is still really strong. So it actually works really well for us. As I'm traveling the world on planes, trains, and automobiles, you know, guys hear it. I'm closing loads of different deals, whether it's buying a company, closing a new account for gitlatka.com, you name it, I've got to do it. And part of my issue is signing documents while I'm on the road. So I just found this new tool. I'm using it pretty aggressively. It's called Sign Easy. So you can get started for free at gitsigneasy.com forward slash podcast. You'll see contracts that I've signed there and boy, oh boy, are they big and they work and the app is so easy to use. Get started today at getsigneasy.com forward slash podcast. What is the margin just on serving your tech? And the reason I ask is, you know, most SaaS companies that they're in the 85 to 90% range, but you have a very large kind of cost of goods sold they don't have and that you're dealing with video files, which can eat up server expense. Are you still in the 85 to 90% range? We're still in the 85% range. Yeah. How do you manage that? Uh, it's just getting more and more affordable to serve video. So that's good. And we're also, you know, our customers are not, you know, it's not like we're serving top uh, mus- musician Bevo videos or anything like that, right? So these are internal videos. These are- You're not getting millions specific. of downloads. That's right, exactly. Yeah, they're getting so, highly targeted. Highly targeted, highly valuable views. Um, but not 160 million of them for most of our customers. Yeah. Now, have you bootstrapped this bad boy or did you raise capital? No, we've raised capital. I think it's 
I am impressed with people who can bootstrap an enterprise company that needs, you know, an enterprise sales team and enterprise grade service level requirements. So yeah, we've raised money. Um, we've raised about 12 million. Okay. And break that down a little bit for me. When was the last round and how much was that one for? Uh, let's see. Last round was last priced round was in 2016 and it was, it wasn't that big. It was about 3 million, two and a half million, something like that. Okay. Got it. And, and you were very careful there to say price round. Have you raised venture debt or something since then? Yeah. So we, we have, um, we had Silicon Valley term debt and we've done a, a round with our investors to, uh, to alleviate, to make cash flow more manageable for us. Yeah. One of the yeah. things we're working on is um, cash flow break even, and we're just about there. And so being able to manage our expenses, um, really good, really good. Yep. Now, if you're, well, okay, so 2012, 12, uh, 12 million raised, uh, 34 customers back in 2015. Uh, you said, you know, 20,000 is usually where most people start. Do you have, is it pretty predictable for you when a year one contract is 20 grand, that year two, it's going to grow to, X, you know, 30 grand, like, do you know, expansion revenue is 110% year over year or something like that? We're still dialing that in pretty to, you know, I mean, our, even though our sample size is a lot bigger than it was when we first started, it, we're still dialing in exactly what the expansion looks like. So I think this year, our net churn, I think that we will have negative net churn this year, especially as uh, the Q4 renewals come in, but exactly what that looks like. I'm not totally sure yet. Yeah. And then you said you're getting close to, to cash flow break even. I mean, can we, can, is it fair to say you're doing somewhere above 110, 120 in MRR? Yes. Okay. Awesome. That's good stuff. But, but yeah. can we, can we put a cap on it? Can we say below 250? Yep. Okay, That's good. Fair. I love that. <laughs> at, at the holiday party this year, if you hit, if you hit X number in MRR, what are you going to be really excited about? Like a stretch goal? Is it like 210, 220, 230? Hmm. Well, I mean, we're hoping that our that our partners scale pretty dramatically, um, which I think that they could. And so, I mean, it could be, it could be, it could be higher higher than that. I think that would be really good. So that's, we'll see. That's, that's great. Yeah. Now, how are you? Uh, how are you managing? You mentioned back in 2015, you you knew 50 percent of your 34 customers were high likelihood to churn, and then the others were really really sticky. Um, today, what's your logo churn look like annually? Well, we're we're retaining our customers today. I mean, it's like uh, super like high. I said super, super high, you know, maybe, maybe 4% per year are churning. Most of those are, are expanding. So the ones that stay are expanding. So we're, we're retaining those customers. So 4% logo retention annually, very, very little, but you're at negative uh, net revenue. Only churning 4%, but, uh, sorry, did I just say retention? Yeah. Yeah, I meant, I meant logo churn annually is four per, you know, 4%, which is great net. And you're at net negative revenue churn. Yes. Yes. That's much, that's much better story. (laughs) Yes. That's a better story. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Very cool. And then what are you doing to acquire these customers? How are you finding them? Uh, so you know, we do typical content marketing, but we don't spend a lot. So we're doing a lot of organic, um, thought leadership, just putting it out in the world and, and, uh, customers come to us, they find us through the content that, that we, um, distribute. We're also leveraging our partners. So this is another good thing with having resellers, um, and, and technical integrations and partners is that they have a customer base. We can produce thought leadership. We can do webinars together. We can release reports together. We can do events together. Um, and, and that benefits, not just our partner, you know, it just creates, ecosystem growth. So that's typically how we acquire our customers. And do you, what, how do you incentivize your resellers? You pay them 20%, 30% lifetime. What's the deal there? It varies. And it's very individual to how our customers sell. So it's when we go into a reseller, 
arrangement. It's really important for, they don't work at all unless the reseller cares about it almost as much as we do. Um, so we have to understand what their go-to-market strategy is, what their goals are, what their margins are. You got to get to know them really well. And so each of them is entirely bespoke. Is the structure though, typically a percentage or is it like a finder, like a one-time finder's fee? What's the structure typically? Sometimes there's a per unit. Sometimes there's um, like a, a price sheet that that's based on usage for us that they mark up. Um, sometimes there's a rev share. So full gamut. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you it's, um, in order to make it work, we got to work with how they sell. We can't come in and dictate. So now you said you spend very little each month last month. What'd you spend under? Uh, God, well, two months ago we spent under $15,000, which was awesome. Um, last month, I don't know, under, under 70, something like that. It, you know, it goes up and down. Where are you, where are you when you do spend that money on the paid spend, you know, each month, where are you spending it typically? Headcount. I mean, that's, that's oh, 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 sorry. I just mean, I, I don't even mean, I'm not talking fully weighted CAC here. I'm talking just like Google ads, Facebook ads. When you do paid spend, oh, we're doing none right now. Oh, none. I'm okay, great. Literally zero. We it's, it's all organic. Um, at this point, we are not doing paid advertising. Got it. Okay. And then do you, I mean, are you looking at things uh, yet? Like payback, what payback period do you like to get on your customers? Well, yeah, we like to get payback in under a year and that typically happens for us. Um, I find CAC to LTV. LTV, obviously you don't really know what your LTV is until you've churned the customer. Yeah. So well, it could be infinite, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it can lie to you sometimes. Right. Well, if our churn is zero, then it's infinite. Yep. So, um, yeah. Spend 20 million per customer. <laughs> yeah. That would be bad. Right. No, we like to see payback in the first year. Got um, it. And if you're and, year one, ACV is about 20 grand. It's fair to say you spend maybe about 20 grand per customer. Yeah. 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 That's healthy stuff. Now, yeah. uh, before we wrap up here, where are you guys based? We're based in Boulder, Colorado. Boulder, Colorado. It's so beautiful yeah. out there. Really All right, is. Erica, let's wrap up here with the famous five, the rapid fire one word uh, answers here. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh God. Um, I really like, it's called uh, Getting More and it's a negotiation book. And I just love the way that um, it, it paints negotiation. That was more than a word. I'll try to do better. That's okay. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? I'm not following an individual CEO. I believe in peer groups. And I, so I study five CEOs in my peer group. All right. Number three, what's your, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool, like acuity scheduling? Oh God. Is it lame to say email? <laughs> <laughs> what, what Gmail? Yeah. We just, I just use your basic tools. <laughs> Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I do the best when I get eight and a half and I work for it, but I don't always get it. All right. So what would you get on average? Maybe eight, seven? Yeah, probably seven. Seven. <laughs> yeah. And what's your, what's your situation? If you don't mind me asking married, single, do you have kids? Uh, married with a kid. A young? Not, not anymore. She's not anymore. Eight. Okay. Very <laughs> good. So you're getting full night's sleep. And Erica, do you mind me asking how old you are? Uh, sure. I'm 39. Oh, wow. Okay, great. So last question, take us back 19 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, that networking is not a bad thing. Networking that you need to come to network, think net, networking with an open heart and good things will happen. Approach it like from a place of generosity. There you guys have it from Erica. Networking doesn't have to just suck all your energy. It can be fun if you come at it with the right angle. Listen, she founded Wrapped Media back many years ago in 2012. She's now grown it to about 20 full-time folks out there in Boulder, Colorado, helping companies create highly engaging and interactive video content using HTML5 and some other tech stack tools. Again, these are show, you know, teams use them internally for HR, leadership talks, training, things like that. They've now, uh, they're over 34 customers, right? The average uh, 
uh, customers paying them uh, a minimum year one of about 20 grand. They're past 120 grand in monthly recurring revenue. Churn is really, really low at 4% annually. They're at net revenue. Uh, it's net negative revenue churn annually, which is great. Getting their payback in less than 12 months. Healthy Economics, $12 million raised. Erica, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan.